Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane whenever we have time to do it because obviously we don't record that often. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Nolan and beside me is Ben, who is smelling wonderful today but looks a little bit scruffy. How you doing, big guy? <laughs> wow, thanks, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> Uh, oh, not too bad. How are you doing? Not too bad. After we sat here for a half hour, states away, I called you twice, but you had no idea, so I texted you, and, and <laughs> yeah. you were like, I'm waiting on you. Yeah, he's so, like, hey, uh, you about ready? We're going to have to reschedule? Oh, well. And I'm like, um, yeah, I was thought the plan was you're calling me, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get any of them, so I'm not That's just okay. making that That's up. Okay. Ep- <laughs> sure, sure. I wasn't there. Episode 60 of Young Nostalgia coming your way. Today's going to be a little bit different. So we contacted our good friend Dean, Dino, that you heard uh, on the airwaves just a few months ago, talking about his uh, musical background as well as his tribute bands that he's a part of. So we actually got in contact with him, and unfortunately, we weren't, we weren't able to line up a live um, interview with some bandmates, but he did record a few clippets of them answering a few questions of ours um, and we're going to be talking uh, or I guess hearing from and then talking about uh, Cynthia who's from uh, part of a tr- Toto tribute band that Dean is a part of as well as Jazz who's part of the Fleetwood to the Max that Dean talked about Jimmy G who's the director of both bands and kind of gets these guys together to jam and perform Marty who's the drummer of the Toto tribute band and then Steve E uh, who is also the Toto uh, tribute band, and I believe is the singer. Um, either that or Cynthia is the singer. One of the two. But we're going to be hearing sound <laughs> clips. <laughs> one of the five. We're going to be hearing sound clips of each one of these bandmates, and then Ben and I will kind of be uh, breaking it down and talking about what they said and kind of how that means to us as millennials and how we connect with this music. So it's going to be a little bit weird. Ben and I are going to introduce the people, and then we're going to play the sound clip, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about it. So Ben. Are you excited? I'm ready. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) All right, let's get to it. (laughs) Let's do it, man. So Cynthia from the Toto Tribute Band is first, and I believe the question that we ask is about how she feels when she feels younger generations or sees younger generations in the crowd connect to the music that they play. Here she is, Cynthia from the Toto Tribute Band. I am Cynthia Zafridge, and I am performing with Taking It Back, a Toto tribute band. And uh, my question is, how do you feel on stage while performing these classics? And do you see all generations connecting with the music? Um, we have just started, so I haven't really been able to see too many generations connected with the music. However, as I'm practicing these songs, a lot of my um, kids and younger people that I'm around are noticing that they do know this music, which is interesting to me. Um, and a lot of people also, I think, don't really realize that they know the songs that they do. And it is really cool to see them get, get into it and um, say, oh my gosh, they didn't even know they did this song. So that's, that's really cool to see. All right, that was Cynthia from the Toto Tribute Band. And some interesting things that kind of stood out to me was that she doesn't necessarily see younger generations maybe at her gigs, but it's around the people that she 
um, you know, like her family members or friends um, of family that are around. And when she rehearses and then talks about the music that she plays, they actually start to realize like, oh, so that's that song. Oh, that's that band that plays that song. And it's kind of interesting <laughs> how it's more of the the melody and the sound of the music rather than the actual artists themselves that people that people connect with. Um, and, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about how you and I are a little bit different in the terms of we kind of know artists and their songs. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see how even the sound and the familiarity with those sounds never really goes away from generation to, gener- to generation. Right. It's, it's like everyone... Everyone has heard the song and knows the song, but doesn't know that they know it. Right. Like doesn't consciously know that they have heard it before and, until they <laughs> actually put a name to the sound. Right, right. And then, you know, we, when they're surrounded by people of older generations or people that are either know more about the music, it starts to click. And the more they hear about it, they start to talk about, oh, it's this band. And kind of just how we discover music now where either we hear it on the radio or we hear somebody talk about it and then we go to Apple Music or whatever. And then we get that, we get the music or the, or the song that sounded or that we heard that we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just kind of this revolving door and revolving cycle of the younger generation is now going to go to Spotify, Apple Music to find that Queen song that they've heard of but didn't know it was Queen. And then they discover them and then the music never really leaves. Right. And that's I think that's kind of relatable because uh you know, right now you might hear a lot of like the top 3 to 5 songs from a particular artist and that's kind of all you hear and and that paints a picture in your mind about you know that's what that band is and and that's and then once you kind of relate to that band uh or artist and dive a little bit deeper into them then you once you realize you know oh wait that's who that is then you start searching and, you know, I've found myself doing that sort of thing where it's like, eh, not really a huge fan of that artist. You know, I kind of know what the the most played stuff is. You hear it on the radio. You hear it in, you know, TV shows, commercials, movies, that sort of thing. You hear you hear the songs that that group is known for. And then once you look into them, it can be kind of uh, change your outlook on them. Like, oh, wait, I didn't know they did this other stuff. And, oh, I really like that. You know, now I'm now I'm interested. Right, right. And it even comes back to, yeah, maybe even streaming services. But since vinyl resurgence is coming back huge, mm-hmm. obviously those like, you know, Toto, Fleetwood Mac, they're going to be the more prominent kind of genre of music at a at a, at a record store. So they hear and connect and, and understand where these songs are coming from. And then, oh, hey, I see a Toto album. It has that song that I really like on it. You buy the whole album. You listen to all the tracks on there because who's actually going to move the stylist to song number three you're going to listen to the whole lp <laughs> so yeah. you know it, it's kind of it's kind of one of those kind of things too so it, it's super cool to, to hear her talk about that right i agree i think that's kind of a uh, uh an uh an unexpected uh reaction to that i i found anyway Right, I, I'm with you on that one. All right, let's move on up. We have Jazz Fleetwood is next in line. We'll play his audio clip for you, and then we'll come back and talk about it. My name is Jasmine Gore, and I'm in Fleetwood to the Max. Um, I think that my personal experience has changed through being in a tribute band, because before I was covering some of the Fleetwood songs, and um, I've actually learned to like master the craft of like trying to almost impersonate Stevie Nicks and um, 
just impersonate the whole band. And before, I kind of added my own style into it, but it's kind of interesting to change who you are on stage. You can be somebody else for a day. All right, so that was Jasmine from Fleetwood to the Max, and she talked about our question uh, that we pinned on her was, uh, how does it feel, and, and uh, like, does it change you as a musician or how you feel about the band when you play their music? And I felt her take on it was a little interesting. I didn't know if, Ben, you wanted to go first or you wanted me to lead you into it. Um, no, okay, that's okay, I can go. Um, I, I kind of would... That would be an odd experience, um, I would assume, for for an like a an already established, you know, musician who has grown up um, in you know various uh, musical roles to you know move from something that is just you, you know, that this is your sound, this is what you do, this is what you like, to into a role where you're trying to impersonate somebody um you know trying to right. mimic how they perform how they sound everything about their performance i would that would be i would think that'd be challenging at first um, right and I, you know that's that's something you don't really think about you know you go you know you go someplace uh and watch uh kind of a small band on just a like a small gig, you know, and they've even if they most of the time, even if they are playing covers of other stuff, they've kind of got their own twist to it, um, for obvious reasons because either they that's that's how they they think the song should sound, or that's just you know that's just what that band is known for. They kind of put their own twist on it, you know, to fit their style. But to go through and not only learn the music but study hard how that ba- original band performed it that's got to be uh, it's got to be pretty tough to start off doing right i'm with you and i think it's kind of interesting to see how she even talked about the transition for herself where in the beginning she was like well i came in i really enjoyed the music i enjoyed the band but when i first started you know singing for fleetwood to the max i kind of put my own spin on to, to kind of get almost comfortable as in trying to wear the shoes of Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I'm going to put my own spin on it. I'm going to learn the music. I'm going to do my thing. And then now that I got comfortable with it, now I'm like acting like Stevie Nicks. It almost <laughs> feels more natural to me to act like Stevie Nicks on stage now that I know the music. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of that transition. And I've seen a few cover bands, um, and one of my favorites was called Almost Queen. And I feel like there's nothing much better than either a tribute band or just you know cover music as if the band itself tries to impersonate the actual band i mean i you know i've talked about these guys before where they're out there as queen but dressed up as them and had the stage presence as that Mm -hmm. and i feel like for one it takes a lot of talent and for two for them to connect to the band so much leading up to that point i feel like you know jasmine's talking about that connection is really what changes a musician into really enjoying what they do as covers and for them to to fully step into the role of a individual of the band i feel like is is the complete i don't know transition or right right yeah and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a baby step kind of thing you don't really it's not something you just dive headfirst right into do to doing you have to get comfortable with it you have to learn and kind of build up to it um and like you said, just transition into it instead of just a, you know, no one's going to be able to step out on stage and just boom, immediately be able to, you know, impersonate someone like, you know, Stevie Nicks. Um, and 
uh, kind of what she was talking about. You know, it's you have to get, you just have to get comfortable with it. Right. Right, I love it. I can't even begin to think about for one, getting up on stage. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then two, actually, actually trying to impersonate a band or person. It's yeah, crazy. that would be so. I mean, it's it's easily it easily has to double the practice. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it's like watching it's like watching film for sports. You know, you're you're practicing your own stuff, but then you've got to sit down. Okay, now I've got the music down. Now I got to figure out how to deliver it. Right. Oh, like when we write show notes and then we sit down in front of the mic for the first time. Right. <laughs> no, that was a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. That was bad. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Jimmy G. He's actually the director and he's one of the headliner guys for each one of these groups. I'm pretty sure that he was the one to kind of reach out to his friends and the people that he knew uh, and brought them together to do these and, and make and, you know, really succeed as these uh, Toto and Fleetwood Mac uh, tribute bands. So we are going to hear from Jimmy right now. Hector, and guitar player, singer, or Fleetwood to the max, and the Taking It Back Toto tribute. And just a couple words on, on our heroes, you know. We're playing the music that we grew up with, the music that we love. And, uh, you know, people, especially with Toto, they don't realize that, you know, they were playing on everybody's records. They were playing on, you know, Lionel Richie records, the Bee Gees hits, Michael Jackson. I mean, we're gonna play some of that stuff tonight, but people don't realize the contribution. And so we're, we're living the dream and playing some of this music that we love and we've grown up with, but also we hope to teach some people about the history of what these bands have done and what these players, and some of the top studio players in LA and Toto, we're trying to teach people you know about what these guys have done and you know hopefully they'll go out and they'll buy these records and they'll listen and they'll they'll have the great time that, that when we first heard this stuff and, uh, but that's that's the mission man is to play the music try to be true to it try to play it well but teach people what it is and hopefully new people will see it and, and love it and that's our mission that was Jimmy from Fleetwood of the Max, as well as Taken Aback from the Toto Tribute Band. And it was kind of interesting to hear from him. He uh, talked a little bit kind of in, in how Cynthia's perspective was when we talked, um, <laughs> when we heard from Cynthia and then talked with <laughs> Cynthia. Um, and, and it's almost like <laughs> he concentrated a little bit more about the band's legacy itself rather than, um, you know, them, them, like younger generations clicking. He talked more about how he wanted to carry on the legacy of the bands that they're playing to go forward. So it's like it's through playing and through representing them is how the legacy continues for other people to learn. Right. And I, I also kind of liked how he talked about how it wasn't, it was in addition to, you know, continuing the band's legacy. He talked about how, you know, he wanted the reason behind wanting to do that is that's, I mean, that's what he, the music and the bands that he likes that's what he grew up with, and so him uh, contributing to a cover band like this, you know, it's kind of his way of putting them up on a pedestal. You know, because you know these are these are who I grew up with, um, kind of my idol, who you know potentially got him uh, interested in pursuing music in the first place, and that's kind of how right. he's uh, uh, paying that back, you know, and. 
and I I thought that was kind of as, as compared to everyone else that we've we've heard so far, that was kind of a uh, a different take on the whole cover band thing. I'm with you. Almost where him doing this is as a education for you know other people and younger people in the crowd, but also as a thank you from him to to the bands he's playing. Exactly, exactly, and and you know it's kind of a getting kind of circling back around to the to the initial question about uh, younger listeners. Um, it's kind of a you know hey this is this is a uh, a group that I really loved growing up. Um, and I want to do my best to show them and show what they gave to me to you in the form of a cover band. Right. I love it. It's kind of a roundabout way of saying that, but (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, you did great. (laughs) All right. Uh, next up, we're going to hear from Marty, who's the drummer of Taken Aback, the Toto tribute band, as well as Fleetwood to the Max. And here is Marty talking about his experience in the cover band. Yeah, so this tribute band... Say who you are, though. Uh, this is Marty. I'm the drummer for uh, Taking It Back from uh, Toto Tribute Band. Say that this is a great thing that I've always wanted to be in. I'm a big fan of Toto. It's really, uh, really done immense wonders for playing ability, learning how to play this stuff. Um, love the music. Uh, first time I ever heard this album, I was just a little kid. My brother said I heard the first Toto album, and that's what I grew up when I was in high school or in grade school playing to I put that album in and play and it was just like a regurgitated but I think that had a lot to do with my timing and my groove that's developed over the years so but yeah that's uh I like playing with Dean I like playing with Jimmy Steve uh, I like playing with Cynthia it's great all right, that was Marty, the drummer of Taken Aback, the Toto Tribute Band. And uh, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you extracted from that? All right, so this is a... Uh, Marty's take on the question was kind of sort of similar to uh, Jimmy G in the fact that this was kind of his inspiration in general and being his interest in music. Um, he kind of took it a little bit farther, expanded upon it a little bit, and... Uh, talked about how it was, this was kind of his basis for his own style. Um, this is where he kind of picked up a lot of things over the years, um, in his own musical career and has later branched off, uh, with that. But this is kind of, it always goes back to the kind of bass style that that's what he picked up on when he was young. That's what he loved. That's what he was interested in. Right. And it's interesting. He even kind of brought his own memories in, like you were talking about. And I believe he was talking about with his brother, like Toto was one of the first albums he's ever owned. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of that connection has really driven to where he has been uh, now. And I think it's kind of interesting to hear um, how he even, you know, just called out saying it's great playing with these guys, uh, Cynthia, Steve, Dean. Um, It's great to just play with these guys. Uh, And and, and I feel like it's almost just another connection to him to be able to, to share it with taking it back the the toto tribute band Mm -hmm. um that i think even though he might not necessarily think about um how it connects with the people out on in the audience it's more of how him being up there connects with him and i feel like that's a very interesting take to also understand with with every single person in these bands right yeah and it's i uh jimmy g and marty their 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 core their base, base response, even though it was kind of different, was still 
it was still talking <laughs> about their their past and and how it was kind of that repaying it back to um, to their idols, you know, continuing their legacy. Um, and so I, I, I really like that that's kind of an ongoing theme that we're seeing. Right. I'm with you. Absolutely with you. All right. So we're going to round out the episode with Stevie for the Toto Trivia Band. Um, here she is talking about, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a she. I haven't heard the audio. Also, apologize for the audio quality. They did record these in a middle of a bar before a set. <laughs> so you can hear a lot going on. Stevie coming at you from the Toto Trivia Band. I'm the bass player from Taking It Back, the Toto Tribute. Uh, how do I? How do you feel on stage while performing these classics? Uh, it's an amazing feeling. It's a transfer of energy, really, from stage to the crowd and back and forth. The whole key with music is being able to bare your soul and create emotional impact that moves the people. That's why I love to play. Amen. All right. That was Stevie from the Toto Tribute Band talking about my guitar gently weeps. That was crazy, super deep. But I think it was a very important thing to talk about how maybe not necessarily, uh, I mean, you know, the music is important. The band, the legacy of the music is important. But to him, it's almost about how you play the music and how that connects with the people you're playing it to. And I feel like that's a super, super interesting thing because, you know, a lot of this music connects to people in different ways. Obviously, you know, all music connects to people in different ways. And for him to be able to kind of latch onto that and have that a huge fuel to the fire of why he plays, I feel like is super crucial to any musician. You know what I mean? Whether you're a tribute or a musician yourself making music for people, like, if you don't have that, I feel like you just can't, you can't do music. Right, and you, you not necessarily specifically music, but you can't, uh, you can't perform. You know, there's oh, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. You know, it. I, I, you know, obviously there is a, a small part of that into just being a musician in general, but without that drive to, you know, connect with somebody, I feel like there's there's no reason to perform. Right. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I mean, just just look at the stage presence of a lot of known bands, even Toto or Fleetwood Mac. I mean, the way that they connected is what drove the audience to want to be there in the first place. So obviously these, you know, the, the tribute bands with Stevie and, and Jimmy G and Dean, they all, like, they've been around for a while and they've been, you know, small tours around Northwest and Central and Southern Ohio and people keep on coming back. So that obviously means something. Oh, definitely, and so, and that's kind of what their, obviously, that's what their their entire game plan is. You know, they're trying to replicate um, that connection with the audience that their original, uh, the focus of their band was able to do. And you know, to have any sort of loyal following is, you know, saying that you're you're doing something right. Right, right. And hopefully soon in the next um, you know, few episodes, we'll have Dean back on to talk a little bit more about um, both all of his bandmates that he heard from mm-hmm. and kind of uh, what we had to say. So I totally agree with you, and I think it's it's awesome to, to have that following um, and talk about it and feel like Stevie <laughs> does. So the next time you and I go and see him, we'll feel that emotional impact. He said that 
<laughs> he said that very, very profoundly. Yes, so. it was very deep. I know. I loved it. So though, <laughs> so we had Cynthia, Jazz, Jimmy G, Marty, and Stevie from Taking It Back, a Toto tribute band, as well as Fleetwood to the Max playing a Fleetwood Mac tribute music as well. So overall, man, that was a pretty cool episode. Pretty short, but very interesting. Something very different from Young Nostalgia kind of. Uh, changing in the voices and kind of getting the other half of what Dean does um, and his uh, his entourage of people. Yeah, yeah, I think it was kind of the uh, the change up in show format was is was nice. It was refreshing, um, and I think uh, kind of even though we didn't necessarily talk to these people, it was kind of uh, interview via proxy. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I literally sent these questions in a Facebook message, <laughs> and then Dean Dean recorded them and then emailed them to me. That's fantastic. But I think you know, even stepping into this just this far has kind of opened a door for young nostalgics. I think it would be great to have um, a few, if not all, of these individuals um, as guests at some point in the future. That would be super fun. Uh, I agree. And actually, you know sit down and question him about these things rather than playing um uh sound clips just for us to talk about but <laughs> right i agree with you <laughs> but uh, I agree with we you. worked with what we could at the time um and hopefully in the future we can uh, expand on it a little bit right you you can just call this young nostalgia episode a 45 rpm <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a beta Be- beta, <laughs> it's a beta episode <laughs> but this is the b side it's not even the a side <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Young Nostalgia this week as we talk as we continue our journey through retro pop culture. Look at that. It's been so long since we've recorded. I can't even remember our own closing lines. As always, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear and read your review down below. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think. You can also find us out there on your popular podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, uh, Sound, uh, not SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> Player FM, Google Play, anywhere that you can find your famous podcasts will be there right there next to them in the trending, uh, only in their dreams category. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ben, how you doing? I mean, anything else? Uh, (laughs) No, I think that was a good cap to the end of the episode. No, that was, like I said before, that was super fun. And I'm hoping to kind of go this route a little bit more in the future. I'm with you. I'm with you. So glad to be back and finally get an episode out. Ben, you rock, as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Gee, I don't know. It's been so long I forgot. <laughs> Keep the bottles. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, yeah. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll see you next week. Yeah.